Before we get started with today's show, I want to thank our sponsors and benefactors, including the place where we sit right now. It's the Farrier Bar at the Brentwood. Amazing location for a fantastic glass of wine, great cocktails, terrific whiskey selection. You're right by the seven furlong shoot at the Saratoga Racecourse. Can't recommend this place highly enough. Love the little patio when the weather's nice like this, the fire pit. We're doing these shows uh, on the weekends. We'll have another one here on Saturday, Bloody Marys and Bagels. Maggie Wolfendale going to be our special guest for that. Check out the Ferry Bar. Check out the Brentwood because even when Saratoga ends, this area, fantastic place to visit, and you might just be able to find some availability. Go online and uh, try to figure out when you can stay at the Brentwood. I highly recommend it. Come by the Farrier Bar for a drink. We also want to thank our friends from Jellyfish Water for sponsoring today's show. Excellent stuff and a great way to stay hydrated and refreshed during a busy Saratoga season that often involves too much drinking. Also want to say that our friends from Jellyfish Water are supporting our founding partners, the Thoroughbred Retirement Foundation with the barbecue at the barn that's going to be coming up. You can buy your tickets. There's going to be a great silent auction. For all the details about that, go to trfinc.org players. And we thank our friends from Jellyfish Water once again. Hello and welcome to Live at the Brentwood Marcus looks upset that we didn't play the music. Let's play the music. Let's music. Let's Thomas Wardetel back with you from the Farrier Bar at the Brentwood, back in the New York Groove, indeed, ready to talk about a loaded Saturday of racing at Saratoga. The weather is absolutely perfect. The vibes are very good. A similar story yesterday. Yesterday was one of those um, everything but the betting days. Everything but the betting was great. Today, we're going to bring that into the fold and to help us find a few winners across today's card. One of my favorite guests, most frequent guests, to talk about all things Naira and some other things as well. We like to refer to him as a race lens power user. He's also a successful contest player, all around sharp and good guy. He is Matt Vagvolgi. What's up, my man? Pete, it's great to be live. It's great to have uh, a nice Brentwood Bloody Mary in, uh, in in hand over here. And it's just, it's good to see you. Good to see you. I know. We get to actually hang out in person, which we don't get to do very much. We like to do a few minutes of just more evergreen content to start off these shows before we dive into the particulars. And one of the questions, it's a lazy question, but I think it's a good conversation starter. How is your meat going so far? Uh, if you asked me before yesterday, it was, it was one of the best starts to a meet I've ever had. Yesterday was the first, uh, first, first big kick uh, uh, to the, to the bankroll. So, you know, listen, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen, especially when you're playing higher volume, but uh, no, it's, it's been good. It's been more of kind of a, a grind. It hasn't been like a big pick six or pick five. Hit as of yet, so it's been more grinding profits, but it's been you know uh, it's, it's net of yesterday still a nice a nice five figure uh, nice five figure up for for the meat so far. So hopefully yesterday was the last day for those losses. <laughs> your 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 inevitable victory was just delayed another day. That's how I like exactly to exactly. That's that's certainly the way that we'll look at it. So it's really honestly one horse yesterday goes one way or the other changes the day completely. So but uh, that's that's what's gonna happen. So often the case, fortunes won and lost by noses in this game. 
one of the things that you do with race lens is look for different angles, different things that you can rely on to get pushes in the direction or against the direction of certain horses. We did a whole preview show of the Saratoga meet using race lens, but I know this is the kind of thing that you're always looking to update. What has changed in terms of your, the angles that you're looking for since we spoke at the beginning of the meet, if anything? One thing I would say that jumped out that how well Churchill shippers have done, how well they did last year, not this year. Like that, that has completely changed in terms of that stat, like really jumping off the page. That's so, interesting. I thought we had said going into the meet that the, they did well on dirt, but not as well on turf. That's correct. Yep. The, the turf has really proven to be un unreliable in terms of that, that turf course, what they're coming from. Um, so turf has been average, nothing really, you know, positive or negative there. But one big thing that jumped out though, how dominant those horses were last year, not so much this year. That's interesting. And just one of those short-term fluctuations. It's not, or is it to the point where you're like avoiding Churchill shippers at this point, or you're just not giving them the extra credit that you were? No, because one of those things where, and this is why I look at that view when you can bring up all of the races that fit any kind of uh, criteria that you're setting in race lens, you can also rank it by uh, the off odds, right? So it's a way that you can see, is the public starting to catch on, right? You might've been smart here, <laughs> but you're just with everybody else here. And you can see really those horses taking a ton of money and you'll really see those uh, those those average prices go down. So I think it's a combination of just, it's been kind of obvious from last year, latching onto it and then it's really starting to show up uh, in, in, in the lack of wins uh, so far this year. It's interesting, that combination of maybe a bit of a regression to the mean and then also the crowd having recognized that there once was signal and then maybe that signal doesn't mean as much. It does almost seem like uh, these are maybe some horses to avoid and maybe we'll have three Churchill shippers in the winter circle today now that I point that out. But, <laughs> of course, of course. You know, the, comment the old commentator's curse, you notice something strange that's happening and then, it, and then it corrects itself. But that's interesting. What about on the jockey side? Especially, it, it's so interesting having a powerhouse operation like we have with uh, with Chad Brown, not necessarily, to my eye anyway, having the clearest hierarchy in terms of the riders that he uses. I know Flavian Pratt riding full-time at Saratoga for the first time was something that you were looking to pay attention to. Have you noticed any trends regarding riders specifically with the uh, those employed by the powerhouse Chad Brown? Board? I thought one of the surprises is, uh, is Manny. Uh, Manny Franco in, in that sense, um, riding extremely, extremely well. Um, and, and not one of your, one of your jocks you would expect to be in that, in that same conversation, but you know, I had a great interview with him. I think it was last week uh, with Maggie, just really liked the way he's riding and, and giving him more and more of those mounts. So, uh, one that I would say that still resonates to this meet is Rosario on the inner turf. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give you the stats so far for the meet. On the inner turf, 25% wins, 55% of in the money. And it's still a positive ROI, still That's positive percent ROI. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. It's just, it's kind of a, it's not a quirky course, but I, I don't know. I just think he knows how to get horses in the right position, kind of slingshot off that far turn. And he comes rolling late. And one of my biggest win bets I've made probably in the last, I don't know, six months was the finale. Uh, uh, not yesterday, the day before at nine to one and, you know, wins clear. So he, he's certainly riding extremely well on the inner turf. I think, I associate him with two types of rides mainly. His he, he's very good on front runners, and obviously um, he's has the great reputation for being able to draw extra finish out of a horse. And you know those two rides work on most courses, but maybe there's something about the inner turf in in particular yeah. that uh, that's bringing home 
bring home results. But yeah, when they're still they're winning and they're paying prices like that, that's something you, you I'm sure you're going to be looking to keep outside. Yeah, for sure. It's it's uh, again, I'm surprised to see uh, you know the the odds not come down. But but that's the thing though. You have so much so many so much competitive talent in these fields. You're going to get horses that get lost in the mix, and and I think that. In that particular race, there was, you know, a horse that was bet down that Pratt was on. Uh, I thought the nine, and again, the name is slipping my my mind, uh, was was the favorite in that race. Uh, so there were other horses that I thought were going to take some money. Um, and and again, when I saw nine to one off odds, I, I had to I had to jump on. So yeah, Rosario has been incredible on the inner turf. And again, when Clement reaches out to him on the inner turf, usually intent there. So I would pay attention to that as well. So uh, so no, that that's one we talked about before that that's continuing to uh, to be successful. There's so many competing storylines in races up here that I think uh, something, especially, I mean, it's a softer type of a stat, right? Compared to the things we think of that usually win horse races like pace and speed figures, the idea of having an automatic connections play. I mean, it's a little bit, I don't want to say it's against my religion, but it's it's something that I think for a lot of people, they're, they're always going to go to the more primary factors as opposed to the softer factors. So when you can find one that works, you might as well, you know, use it as long as you can, or just give a little bit of extra credit to those horses. It doesn't mean you're not still doing the traditional work, like looking at the form and figuring out where the pace is and who the fastest horses are. It's kind of like an alarm bell, right? I see that connected. Okay. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to make sure that I dig deeper into that horse. Do I play every Rosario horse that's on the inner turf? No, I don't. It's like conversations I've had with Rispoli out in, out in Del Mar about, you know, hey, you know, Rispoli's over three today on the turf. I'm like, yeah, so what, right? It's not every single horse that you're going to bet. What I came back with is, hey, look at a horse where you can save ground, big late pace figure in, in the stretch to really kind of tip out and watch him finish. That's that's his best uh, that's his best ride. So, again, it's going to be situation-based. But, um, you know, another thing, too, that, uh, that I just kind of re- reminded me of it, um, of sustained runners on turf routes was awful last year. So that kind of plotting type of, of just the running style in general, the running both horses. If you're six lengths back half a mile into the race or whatever, however you want to define it, they had done terribly last year. Yeah. It was almost like a clear toss out right now. This year is totally, is just totally different. Uh, You know, there were 25. So if you looked at sustained runners, but also if you look at it for horses that have the best late pace figure, equi based late pace figure, you know, there's only been 25 starters, but 32% winners and a positive 51% ROI. So these horses coming from off the pace that have strong run late that you may look at it with that sustained run style of maybe, you know, you want to toss out because they're not close to the pace. I would take another look at those because those have been strong. My gut is that maybe last year it was more of a bias on the turf course towards speed. And this year it's just been more like fair, or do you think it's actually tilted in the other direction? I don't know. I mean, that number is pretty strong, right? Cause you know, if you go back five years on that stat, it's horribly negative, right? So it's something that's stuck out a little bit. And it's something that I wanted to mention that was different for me, but it goes back to why I like building those angles that show up because all of a sudden I'll see one that is usually red as a negative, all of a sudden show up as green that gets me interested. I want to dig in a little bit deeper, try to find out why, but that was something interesting that I saw there um, in, in, in mating claiming races specifically, right? So specifically to mating claiming races, that same profile, that sustained run style, best late pace figure, 50% of them are winners. How many, that's gotta be a small sample, small samples. There's eight, eight of those 25, uh, but, you know, but seven, still 70% in the money and you got 153% ROI. It's surprising. It's, I think of made claimers as horses that don't like to pass. It, exactly. So the logic is like you get to the front, they don't like to pass whether they're there, they don't like to pass horses, right? right. It just, again, that's why you look at the stats, maybe your brain looks at it a little bit differently. 
and it just gets you to rethink. And I think that's the whole point of using the, the stats as part of it. This time of year can be really hard for horse players because it's just kind of an embarrassment of, of riches. You think of a day like today and there's, you know, graded racing at Churchill at Del Mar at Saratoga. For you as a player, do you drill down and focus on just on Saratoga or do you still try to look at those other tracks and look for opportunities? I still look at other tracks for those opportunities. I still look at Gulfstream. I'll, I'll look at Monmouth, a few different uh, trainer angles I have there that I take a look at. But it is primarily Saratoga and Del Mar. So th those are where I just find best pools, the best field size, and the best action that I want to put forward. So, um, yeah, I really do concentrate on Saratoga and Del Mar. But, again, I will I will look particular pace angles on, especially when, when that turf course bakes down in Gulfstream, we've talked about before. I get interested with that front end speed and see if I can catch a catch a price there, but mostly Saratoga and Del Mar. And Del Mar equal of of interest to you, or is it is there a, a percentage base? I know some people. I, I think it was Marshall Graham said he just basically tries to pretend that Del Mar isn't happening because he just doesn't. <laughs> it's not enough hours in the day, right? Yeah, it, you know, to me, I used to play everything. Right, if you go back six, seven, eight years, I used to kind of just play it almost equal. I right? look at every card, play everything. I'm far more selective now. So I would say there's no, I don't really have an answer to that. It really does depend on how the cards kind of play out. So there's some days where I'm heavy on Del Mar and I'll only have one or two plays of Saratoga. It's been more Saratoga. I've been very, uh, very spotty at Del Mar, but very, very successful. But I, again, I think that's, that's helpful ROI wise long-term. That's why I think I've gotten to be a better player. It's just making those decisions that I feel I have a strong edge and playing those and not trying to make it anything different. Any particular angles been clicking for you at Del Mar that you feel like sharing? I, I touch on one we talked about in that in that preview show. Um, if you can get if you can get Juan Hernandez on the front end on a dirt sprint, it's almost a blind bet at this point. I mean, it's it, it's just again it goes back to intent. So I've drilled it down into certain trainers. Um, you know, if you see like a like a Phil model reach for him on the dirt sprinting, that to me is intent, right? So that that means. We want this horse to go to the front end and get get the lead. And he's been amazing. He's been absolutely off the charts. Um, and again, the Raspoli is uh, he's he's still doing well on the turf. I believe he's the leading rider out there. I think, uh, but he's been doing well. But that's the 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 the, the, the stat with JJ in the front end uh, sprinting. It's just to me is is insane. One to pay attention to for sure. This kind of info, if you're interested, Matt's a regular on our in the Money Players podcast late week shows. Uh, and we, we, we move him. He's, he's fantastic. He's a chess piece. You move him around the board. I always love to talk New York with you. We've had great success when we've done New York on days where we've had a lot of agreement, but you were just on talking Woodbine and, and the way that you look at the world enables you to be, to be flexible like that. Anyway, check Matt out on those late week shows. And if you're interested in, in race lens, you can, you can there. And we, we have uh, uh, some good promo codes with them right now um, as well. I think in the show notes from Friday, I put I put all the, the details in there of what those promo codes are. I don't want to say them and get them wrong. But if you're interested to see the sign-up page in the moneypodcast.com slash race lens, speaking of people who sponsor our shows, we're happy to be sponsored by Naira and Naira Bets today. The great races just keep coming at Saratoga Racecourse following an outstanding Whitney week this weekend. We've got two great stakes, including the grade one $500,000 four-star day winning your in action for the Breeders' Cup as well. Uh, and that means the winner will get an automatic entry into that. Also, the Grade 2 Saratoga Special. Uh, and then all eyes are going to be on Regal Glory for Peter Brandt in the four-star, Dave, trying to continue this impressive undefeated 2022 uh, and taking on the boys today as well. Join Acacia Courtney, JK, and the Naira team as they bring you live racing 
expert analysis and picks for live showtimes. We actually created a pretty link over on the website in the moneypodcast.com slash TV. That'll tell you which Fox that they're on. So yeah, check that out. Play in the online contest, knock heads with Nick Tamaro and, and Matt in that one. You can find details over at Naira.com. That website, once again, Naira.com. We'll also shout out our friends from Albany Distilling Company. They've helped us out making our podcast whiskeys. Um, we may do another one of these this year. We're having trouble finding bottles. It's kind of frustrating. But anyway, well, we, we still have limited amounts of those available. But the whole line of stuff is great. The Ironweed whiskeys and then in uh, Matt's Bloody Mary, which I'll be having one right at the, the, the stroke of noon today, the ALB Vodka is a really good option as well. They also have a physical space you can check out when you're in Albany. I think it's underrated. People uh, stay in Saratoga all the time when they're here. If you're here, the whole meet especially, check out the whole Tri-Cities area. And if you're in Albany, the Albany Distilling location is great to check out. DeFazio's Pizza has like a permanent little build in there. That's real good stuff. I'm going to be down there Friday night, I think. Anyway, a lot of fun. Check it out. Albany Distilling Company. PTF back with you at the Brentwood. And now it's time to talk turkey, my friend. The first race you had mentioned you wanted to speak about was race number six, this allowance for New York Reds. Why did you pick this race before we get into the particulars? I, I, I think it's it's a field that you're going to see um, kind of betting across the board. I think there's some horses that are going to take going to take money. I think Sheriff Bianco takes money. I think Nero takes money. Um, and again, I just, I like a horse doing something different here. Uh, I think will be a halfway decent price. Uh, you know, morning line is four to one. Um, but I, I took a look at, uh, at Golden Hornet and I, I just think this is a horse that first time out on dirt at Colonial got to the lead, never looked back. So I, I love that getting out in the, getting out of the gate, showing speed, finishing, tries the turf today. Um, so again, you know, second time out, first time turf, um, but a lot of things going in the direction that I think I, I want to play this horse. Second time Lasix, you know, first time gelding, uh, reported gelding. But also, too, when you look at Ravelli's stats, uh, pretty impressive when making this move. So 20% of turf sprints, 30% going dirt to turf, which which I like as well. Uh, 26% wins uh, uh, off of a win. Uh, so certainly spotting these horses in the right direction and also 30% winners in allowance company. So there's a lot of things working on the trainer angle, something he's done before. I think this horse has speed. I think it could be deadly today. So I'm going to look at Golden Hornet in the, in the sixth. I had in my mix as well. I thought Neuro had to be respected. The three, this horse has not an impressive overall career mark though, just the one for 19. So maybe at the shorter end of the odd spectrum, your idea makes sense. Though I will say, what I like about Neuro and why I was willing to maybe forgive that overall body of work, the fastest races have come up here, which sure. I which I yep. do like to see. Um, and, and the trip handicapper in me too off the off the run the last day. I, I needed some threes on my tickets. And I thought the Ford Giramonte was was very interesting at potential double digit odds. The last day, maybe not quite as meh as it looks, because mm. that was a that was a day when ground loss mattered and Giramonte was wide throughout, also had a trip two back. I'm going to mess around with the three, four, and five in race six. In terms of a wagering approach, what what are you thinking? Is this a win bet? Is this a horizontal key, a vertical key? What were you thinking? Three, seven, five is, uh, I would say, the the three that I'm going to use. Um, but I'm going to lean a little bit on on the five here. Again, like you said, there, there's just I, I want to look for something a bit different. I think this horse has talent, and I, I think the three and seven probably take the most money uh, in in this field, which leaves a decent price for this horse. But you're right. I think the three, seven, five, I think you can get by uh, whatever leg you're playing in, uh, in any multi-race exotics that you can get by there. Let's talk about, well, we're going to move to race number eight. I'll just very quickly say race seven, interesting looking, made in special weight. And we covered this one on the baby talk show. I made cases for the five. Skellig 
and the seven general gym. It's an op- it's an open looking race, but those are two that'll definitely be on my tickets if you're playing doubles, pick threes, etc. Connecting these races, but we'll go right ahead to race eight. This allowance optional claimer for three year olds going one mile on the turf. Who did you like in here? Well, I traveled all the way down here to see a Pete to talk about a Chad Brown on the turf. So, uh, <laughs> Portfolio company. Yeah, to see, you know, again to. to but here's the thing. It's more of, I guess, a question because my thought is in making wagers, I want to look at where I think the public is going to go, right? And I think that's how you soak up some of that equity of a horse that, yes, is probably best, but can I get off that horse and look to try to try to beat him, which, again, blows up a lot of those, those exotics, especially your pick fives and your pick sixes. This one, I don't know. I just I feel like the public might have a little give up and want to look with a bigger field at something else in the field. I think the price holds up. You know, what, what's my fair? My fair value is eight to five on this horse. Okay. I don't what know. What did David make the horse on the morning line? Two to one. Okay. Um, so, again, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, some, some, so, other side of me tells me that it's it's Chad Rosario, right? They're going to kind of roll over to that horse. But I just think there's a lot of other options. And I don't know. They might be getting sick of Portfolio Company. But I thought just, again, I thought it's been running well. I think this is a perfect spot for this horse. Again, with the Rosario angle that we talked about before, I think we'll sit a perfect trip behind the speed, be able to angle out in the stretch and have that perfect time ride by Rosario. It's it's kind of the old fastest horse angle that we laugh about, but sometimes in a big full field, the, the fastest horse can get not ignored, but maybe not as bad as much as they should be. Terrific draw for the fastest horse, dropping in class. And, you know, I'm a sucker for third race off the layoff as well. I made my top pick also. Though I did want to mention the 10 Constitution Lawyer as a possible alternative two angles that i always give extra attention to i wonder if there's any way to test the 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 true efficacy of these angles with, with a program like race lens but this is a horse who saw significant figure improvement in the first start on the new surface i really like that and this is also a horse who was closing into a slow pace last time as reflected by those blue time form us fractions we talk about i thought the 10 could be a little interesting what did you like to go with portfolio company or is it more of a standalone situation i'm probably going to stand alone and um and i thought the 11 was interesting as well um is that daunt again something coming from off the pace right because there's a potential i think for portfolio company i think the 12 um on the outside has got to go uh as well um seal beach um could drag the four with so there there could be a, some hot pace and, and it looks like uh time form thinks thinks the same when it comes to that i just feel there's some tactic with portfolio company doesn't necessarily have to go but if if they don't go he can go right yes. so I, I like that i like that versatility exactly so being versatile in that position and yeah, listen, we, we talk, we've talked very highly about Joel. There's times where I've just stared at the television wondering what in God's name he's doing. But listen, I've never been on a horse, right? So there's there's times where I have literally been cussing him on the TV about his trip and then he wins in hand <laughs> in the stretch. He right? can be awful quiet back there sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's just there there was one there was one time I got so frustrated. I left the living room, I got a glass of water in the kitchen. <laughs> And I wasn't even watching the rest of the race or halfway down the stretch. And I came in, all I see Joel on the outside just come in, just wrapped up and winning. I'm like, well, I was dead wrong on that one. So yes, there's there's the positive great rise, but there's also the confusing ones. I just I want I want Rosario in this in this position here uh, again. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean on portfolio quite a bit. I thought some of those other you know the the four as a speed as well, but and then the eleven uh, don't coming off the pace I thought was interesting. As well. All right. We did not say we were going to talk about the ninth race and maybe special weight. I'll just mention my numbers real quick in here. I thought it was a little bit spready. I put Happy Bob the seven on top, ran that 
pretty strong race to accretive who came back to run very, very well. And Happy Bob didn't break in there. So this horse, I think, is definitely going to improve and looks good. For good, the four, I thought was a little bit interesting. But I feel like between having the race under the belt, the addition of blinkers and added ground could move that one forward. And then very obvious, number one, unlimited potential. Love that name. Great work tab. Cost seven fifty. Um, you get the other, uh, get the 1A as well, assuming this field held together. Like, we probably have scratches. I should have checked. But anyway, I was going to look to get through in horizontals there, 7, 4, and 1, which brings us to the featured race of the day. I mean, feel free to reflect if you have an additional thought on that one. But otherwise, we'll move right to race 10, and, and we'll ask you the question, uh, can anybody beat Regal Glory in this spot? <sighs> Regal Glory is going to be tough. And uh, with, with that said, I am going to try to beat Regal Glory. Um just for the prior rate, I, I, I completely agree, by the way, uh, with the trip on Happy Bob. Uh, that, that's a horse I'm really interested to, to look at and see what kind of price we get uh, We get there. Um, listen, Regal Glory Mason got to be got to be respected in, in this race for sure. Um, I'm going to take a shot with the five get smoking. And again, I do think it's going to be a slow pace. I think the early natural speed of this horse will put this horse out in the lead. I think this horse has had a pretty interesting, you know, uh, tab in terms of, of prior races. I, I make this horse the, the class of the field. Um, I, I think this is against less than if you look at the last, you know, three or four races back. So I, I just, one of those where I really think, again, it goes back to that, that idea of where the public money is going to go, even in a short field like this, I do feel get smoke is going to be left off the board. Yeah. And I think we might get a halfway decent price. Again, some may look at the pace and say, well, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll include, which is going to bring down that price. But I just think Regal Glory Mason soak up a lot of that money. And uh, again, not proven to really get to that lead and, and, and have a nice, strong finish. But I think at the end of the day, you might have a big price in a small field. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to wire this group with yeah. Get Smoking. We're reading each other's uh, email on this one. I thought Get Smoking was interesting for the pace play. Curious, because you're somebody who uses different late pace metrics than what I'm looking at. From what I'm looking at, Get Smoking has pretty good lay pace for a speed horse. Yep. So that was part of the that was part of the reason as as well. And I don't mind. I mean, Castellano's been riding very very well yes. this meet uh, and being a little bit more aggressive. And yep. I don't know. There were a lot of arrows pointing in this direction. If we could get six to one on Get Smoking, I might keep it simple. I mean, for for the pick six or you know, Regal Glory is going to be on some tickets, no doubt about it. But I was thinking that Get Smoking could be an interesting press in this spot. Yep. How it, it comes out okay on your lay pace stuff. Yeah, no, it does, and it, and it gets upgraded to just projected pace of this race. Um, so, yes, that's the other thing, too. When you have a horse that's got just a high cruising speed and and it has, you know, again, has a nice finish. There's, there's, I mean, Regal Glory has a monster late pace figure in terms of my figures as well as the equipace ones uh, also. But you're right. I think there, it's it's a solid figure um, showing that easy speed if they, if they let him off. But the problem is, you know, I, I would say if Regal Glory is, is is right there, right off the right off the hip, I think we might be in trouble. But if you know, who knows? I just and you bring up a great point about Castellano. If it was a similar meet to what he had last year, I might be a little bit reserved. Of I'm not know what I'm going to get. I think he's riding lights out. And we talked about this before of just kind of that athlete thing of having confidence. Mm -hmm. He's going to have confidence with this horse. I think he's going to say, "Listen, front end is how we're going to get this done. Let's get out to the front and let's see if anyone can catch us." Listen. I'll happily be last if he does that, right? It's one of those where I'll be happy to lose and finish five lengths last, but also I think it's his best chance to win on the front end. Let's see what happens in the featured race of the day. Winning your inaction for the Breeders' Cup Mile, a race that's proved a key pointer 
for that event over the years. Be fun to see if one of these can step up and and look like a contender. I mean, Real Glory, I would assume if she wins, that that spot's going to start looking very good for them. Let's talk about our nightcap. We just got a couple minutes left, but enough time to talk about this one. This is I, I call this sort of a in recent vintage classic Saratoga nightcap. We've got the mile and a sixteenth turf race, maiden claiming forties on the turf. Can be tough races to get uh, to, to to get too stuck into a, a strong opinion. But I thought there were a couple of horses that stood out above the pack. Who did you like in here? I'm gonna take a bit of a shot with uh, Callaway. Was it Callaway Peak? Yeah, the nine, uh, eight to one on the morning line. Um, I just think, again, you look at other options in this field in terms of, you know, trainer, jockey, uh, kind of the obvious stuff. I think, again, not necessarily uh, connections that are going to jump off the page uh, at you, but this falls into that sustained run style, best late pace closer in these races. So that's that we brought up before. That's why I really like this horse here, right? I, I think it could be a bit faster than what time form's giving the, the early pace here, but I also don't think this horse is going to be way out of it either, right? So I think it'll be kind of middle of the pack. I think we'll have a, a clear clear shot in, in, in the lane with some horses that are getting softened up uh, early. Uh, so again, I, I went with that that idea, that sustained run style, best late pace figure. Again, falls into that claiming ranks. Again, falls into that number. So again, short sample I gave you before, but it fits the, the criteria here. Um, I think other horses are going to take money. I think the three, I think the seven is going to take a bunch of money. I think you might get a decent price, maybe five, six to one on this horse. You know, who knows? We'll see. But, you know, I, I think uh, I think Callaway uh, Peak is uh, very interesting at, at a nice morning line of eight to one. Anybody to come with that you're particularly interested in before I give my quick thoughts and we get out of here? Um, I, I think I think good soldiers could be tough in this race. Well, again, that Castellano jumping aboard for for Safi. Um, yeah, I uncreatively I, made my topic. Yeah, but I, I, don't, I don't blame you because, again, I think it can, can sit, you know, mid pack and, and really just push the button and go. But I just, again, there's some knocks to the horse too. So do I want to take that short of a price on, on a horse like that and maybe something that could be a little bit different and have a little bit, a uh, little bit, you know, something else that jumps off the page at me. But yeah, I, I would use, I would use Good Soldier. I would also use the seven Greg's Honor. Yeah, you well. kind of have to, right? Greg's yeah. Honor was very similar angles. Yep. I and mean, I get why you're making Callaway Peak the pick because you're going to get a multiple of the price. But I mean, Greg's Honor finished up. I mean, there was a fast pace in that race too, yep. but they, they both finished up pretty well. It'd be, be very hard for me to, to separate them unless it was just a pure, a pure value thing. But in terms of yeah. a horse to come with an exotics, it makes all the sense in the world. No, I, I agree. I agree. They're, they're, they're same horse. They're probably going to be near each other. Right. I mean, I think when you, when you hit the lane, they're probably going to be uh, close to uh, being next to each other there. So um, yeah, it's more of a price thing. Again, it's more of, I, I just think uh, connections in this case, it may not draw a ton of action, but, uh, but no, I think the price will be right. And uh, hopefully get a good setup. One other nice thing to say about Callaway Pico, I did not originally have in my reckoning of the race, but maybe not as exposed as he looks in that this will only be the second start as a gelding in maiden claiming company. Just something to point out there. And speaking of gelding angles, I think strike price is a little bit interesting. You may, you may well be right that there's too much pace, but how many times do we see this where nobody goes but one horse and then you know things get interesting strike yeah, everybody looks at each other and yes uh, one horse goes yeah you're right i think i think you could see a clear lead uh, uh yeah first time gelding pace figures to get clear and then good soldier as i mentioned this is i like this turn back in distance i like the drop in class and should get a good trip from down at the inside so i'm definitely going to throw your nine into the mix too though i think we make some compelling cases on that one yeah no it's a tough group to end it but uh, i think you uh, can shop for some prices there and uh 
hopefully end a nice day uh, at the spa and then get back here for uh, for some cocktails and uh, finish that off well. That's the plan. Fire pit will be rocking, I would imagine, and it should be a ton of fun here at the Farrier Bar. Thank you, Matt. Really appreciate having you on. You're, you know, we're going to be we're working you hard these next few weeks, and we, we really appreciate all the efforts. We appreciate Marcus and the team at Farrier Bar for everything they do for us, Jellyfish Water, Albany Distilling Company, and, of course, Naira and Naira Betts. Um, that, that's uh, all folks that, uh, that, that we, we really, really appreciate. This show has been a production of In The Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Cotney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornital. May you win all your photos. <laughs>